Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, we're here in Houston where thousands gathered to remember George Floyd in his hometown. Mourners stood in line for hours to pay their respects to a man whose death has galvanized the nation and the world. Tonight, we speak exclusively with Democratic nominee Joe Biden after he met with the family of George Floyd, including his six-year-old daughter. And I think her daddy is going to change the world. More than a million-dollar bail. The former officer charged in Floyd's death appears in court for the first time. Democrats take a knee, a stunning picture today as congressional Democrats unveil a sweeping police reform bill why the Trump administration says it would make streets less safe. Defunding the police? We take a look at what that means. And former Vice President Joe Biden weighs in. And why the Minneapolis mayor is booed away at this protest rally amidst calls to dismantle his city's police force. Back in business, 100 days since New York's first coronavirus case, the city begins to reopen. Plus, where in the country cases are rising? Will Prince Andrew cooperate with U.S. authorities in the investigation into sex offender Jeffrey Epstein? What he's saying tonight. And tonight, wall of reflection. Fencing outside the White House has become a rallying point for those seeking change. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting tonight from Houston. Good evening and thank you for joining us from Houston, where today thousands of mourners lined up for hours in the heat here at the Fountain of Praise Church, wearing masks and waiting to pay their respects to George Floyd. Floyd will be buried here tomorrow next to his mother, more than two weeks after dying in police custody when a Minneapolis police officer pinned him down with a knee on his neck. 
That officer, Derek Chauvin, appeared in court today on a video link from jail, where his bail was set at $1.25 million. Chauvin is charged with second-degree murder and manslaughter in Floyd's death. And tonight, across the country, the case is raising questions about the use of excessive force by police. Democrats on Capitol Hill unveiled a bill today aimed at reforming law enforcement. While in Minneapolis and elsewhere, there are calls tonight to defund police departments. Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee, told me in an exclusive interview he does not support defunding the police, but says he does think there should be restrictions on federal aid to departments based on whether they meet certain standards. We sat down with the former vice president here in Houston just shortly after he met privately with George Floyd's family. Coming up, we'll have more of what he said to the family, including a very special moment with Floyd's daughter. Well, there's a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by. CBS's Jeff Pegues is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Minneapolis. Good evening, Jeff. Nora Chauvin appeared before a judge from a jail that's about 20 miles away from here. He was taken into custody on May 29th, accused of killing George Floyd. This was a quick hearing. It lasted less than 10 minutes, and he uttered fewer than 20 words. Today, fired Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, appearing on video, sat quietly wearing an orange jumpsuit and a mask as the judge increased the bail to more than a million dollars for the 19-year police veteran who also worked off-duty at a Latin club in the city. The owner, Maya Santa Maria, knew both men. Floyd worked security there, too. We talked to her for the upcoming CBS News special, Justice for All. He would pepper spray everybody for no reason, just if he felt like any kind of threat at all. Yeah, so you weren't okay with that? No, absolutely not. Minneapolis Police Department statistics show that over the last five years, there have been 11,000 use of force incidents. Black citizens were involved in 60% of those cases. Lloyd's death is now fueling efforts to defund the police department. The city council now has a veto-proof majority to potentially make it happen. City council member Alondra Cano says reform efforts have repeatedly failed. Our current system is about 150 years old. It's time for a revamp. No one here seems to have a clear answer about how a revamped law enforcement system will look. Los Angeles and New York City are proposing moving money from police budgets to underserved communities. Today, nationwide protests continued, two weeks after Floyd's death. Some saw violence. In Seattle, a man is in custody after shooting a protester from his car. And today, authorities charge Harry Skip Rogers for driving his truck into a Richmond suburb crowd of protesters. The county attorney says Rogers is an admitted Klan leader. Back in Minneapolis, the city's mayor, who was booed supporting the defunding movement, said that change will come. We will rebuild as a stronger, more equitable, and more inclusive city. We have reached out to Chauvin's attorneys to get a response to the club owner's allegations we haven't heard back. Meanwhile, city officials here are telling me that they are considering a Truth and Reconciliation Commission similar to what was done in South Africa. Also, all four officers, former officers, will be back in court June 29th. Nora. Jeff Begay's in Minneapolis, thank you. Here in Houston, there has been a steady stream of people entering the church to pay their respects to George Floyd, who has come home for the last time. CBS's Janet Shamlian joins us now. And Janet, 
What an incredible turnout it has been all day and it's still going on. And Nora, we are now close to the end of this public viewing, but the crowds just keep on coming. They aren't all from Houston. People have driven here from across Texas and out of state saying they had to be here. Long lines of mourners waiting, a mood as heavy as the stifling Houston heat. This is a time for a change, time for silence to be broken. Most here didn't know George Floyd, but in his death saw a husband, a brother, or into Sharon V's case, her 19-year-old son. It moved me to my, the core of my soul that he called for his mother in the street like a dog, and his mother was already gone. Inside social distancing. It was very somber, uh, very peaceful, very quiet. Tomorrow, a televised funeral here. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner will speak. Have you had any contact with his family? Yes. They are in surprisingly good spirit. Quite frankly, uh, they were inspiring to me. What they want is justice for George. And they want, they want the protests. They want the reforms, but they want things to be done in a very respectful and peaceful fashion. An incredible family. Floyd's family met with Democratic nominee Joe Biden and Al Sharpton today. It's pain. I, I, I thank y'all so much for coming out to support us. It is hurting. Even with the heat index more than 100 degrees, few complaints about the wait. I spent my whole life studying it, wondering where I would be when a moment like this came. Here, I have to be here. There's a candlelight vigil at George Floyd's high school in Houston tonight, and after dark, city halls across the country will be bathed in crimson and gold, the colors of that high school, in tribute to George Floyd. Nora. And it's incredible, Janet, to take a look inside the church right now. Many people who've waited outside in the heat for more than an hour, you can see with their families, people Still wanted coming. to be here at this moment, at this tipping point. An important time. Janice Shamlian, thank you so much. And tonight, one of those who came to pay tribute to Floyd's family, as Janet mentioned, was former Vice President Joe Biden, now the presumptive Democratic nominee. Biden and his wife Jill met with the family at a Houston restaurant for more than an hour. And we spoke with him for a CBS News special, Justice for All, and we asked Biden about that meeting. Jill and I talked to him about, uh, it's hard enough to grieve, but it's much harder to do it in public. It's much harder with the whole world watching. We're an incredible family. His little daughter was there. The one who said, Daddy's going to change the world. And I think her daddy is going to change the world. I think what's happened here is one of those great inflection points in American history, for real, in terms of civil liberties, civil rights, and, the, and the just treating people with dignity. You've seen the Black Lives Matter painted on that street just outside the White House. Some demonstrators added, equals defund the police. Do you support defunding the police? No, I don't support defunding the police. I support conditioning federal aid to police based on whether or not they meet certain basic standards of decency and honorableness, and in fact, are able to demonstrate they can protect the community and everybody in the community. Well, there will be much more of our interview with Joe Biden on our primetime special, anchored by Gail King, Justice for All. It's about the changes we could see on race and policing. It airs tomorrow night at 10, 9 central, right here on CBS. Tonight, CBS News has learned that President Trump plans to resume campaign rallies within the next two weeks. 
The coronavirus pandemic put his rallies on hold more than three months ago. This comes as the president touts himself as a law and order president, but has not announced any police reforms. CBS's Weijia Zhang reports tonight from the White House. Hosting law enforcement officers at the White House, President Trump continued bashing Democrats for their calls to shrink the scope of police duties in the aftermath of George Floyd's death, what he calls defunding the police. There won't be defunding, there won't be uh, dismantling of our police. It's a line of attack the president is pushing as he remains under fire for last week's forceful removal of peaceful protesters in Lafayette Square. Military leaders are still condemning the move, including former Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Mike Mullen, who said he was sickened by it. We have a military to fight our enemies, not our own people. Republican Colin Powell, another former Joint Chiefs chairman, went further. I think he has been not an effective president. He lies all the time. And Utah Republican Mitt Romney, a frequent critic of Mr. Trump's, joined a demonstration outside the White House this weekend. Black Lives Matter. Today, Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany tried to keep the focus on the economy. Transition to greatness has officially begun. But a newly released report showed the U.S. entered a recession in February. And a poll out today shows the president's approval rating is down seven points. Nationally, he trails Biden by 14, including in the key battleground state of Michigan. Tonight, Attorney General Bill Barr is defending the way Lafayette Square was cleared out. In a new interview, he said the administration was reacting to three days of protests that were so bad the Secret Service recommended President Trump go to the White House bunker, which directly contradicts the president who said no one told him that, and he only went to the shelter for a short time during the day to inspect it. Nora? Weijia Zhang at the White House, thank you. There was an emotional moment on Capitol Hill today as congressional Democrats introduced a sweeping new bill aimed at rooting out racial bias in policing. House Majority Whip James Clyburn, the highest ranking African American in Congress, asked that America's history of slavery be considered when writing and discussing the new legislation. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes. With African kente scarves around their shoulders and millions of new allies at their backs, the Congressional Black Caucus took a knee today and then laid out their bill. We're here because black Americans want to stop being killed. The Justice in Policing Act would make it easier to prosecute officers for brutality, track police misconduct with a new national registry, and set new standards for training and use of force. The chokehold is a procedure that is unnecessary, unacceptable, uncivilized, unconscionable, and un-American. This legislation will make it unlawful. Many of the initiatives have been introduced before, after the deaths of Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, and Tamir Rice. Sometimes it takes a long time for things to change. California's Karen Bass chairs the Black Caucus. This bill asks a lot of police departments. Yes. But doesn't give them any new money. It doesn't give them new money, but it repurposes existing money. Reducing legal immunity for police officers won't be easy. The White House called it a non-starter today. Attorney General William Barr explained why on Face the Nation. That would result certainly in, in police pulling back. 
Tonight, several Republicans and the White House say they, too, are working on police reform legislation, though they haven't revealed many specifics yet. Democrats are hoping to push their bill through the House quickly in the next couple of weeks and then pressure the Republican-led Senate to take it up. Nora. Nancy Cordes on Capitol Hill. Thank you, Nancy. Tonight, there are encouraging signs of what was once the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic. The rate of new infections in New York City has dropped to its lowest level since the outbreak began. Today, 100 days after the first case was confirmed in New York City, the Big Apple started reopening for business. CBS's Mola Lange is there. After a 78-day lockdown, New York City took its first step toward reopening today. This morning's commute, tame by New York City standards, was still the busiest in months. The city estimates up to 400,000 people will get back to work in construction, manufacturing, and retail that can offer in-store and curbside pickup. We met Tolga Sismanlar, removing plywood from the shuttered windows at the New York City furniture store he manages. What's today feel like? I mean, you're finally able to reopen. It's exciting, 100% exciting. But uncertainty in the economy and the pandemic is creating challenges. You cannot see the future. You cannot make any long-term plans. 17 states are reporting increases in average new cases. Florida and Texas both reported at least 1,000 cases a day for six straight days. Despite New York cases steadily declining for two months. Protesters, please go get a test. Governor Andrew Cuomo worries that recent nationwide protests could spark a second wave of COVID-19. In Kansas, a protester tested positive. He told officials he attended a protest without a mask. One person in a crowd of 100 people can infect dozens. Well, of course, there are still concerns about the impact of a potential second wave of the virus and how recent nationwide protests might actually be fueling its spread. Governor Andrew Cuomo announced 15 new COVID-19 testing sites are being set up here in New York City specifically for people who have participated in those protests. Nora. Mullalenghi in New York City tonight. Thank you. Tonight, CBS News confirms the U.S. Justice Department has formally requested that Britain's Prince Andrew be interviewed in connection with the Jeffrey Epstein investigation. Prince Andrew has denied allegations that he had sex with a minor on Epstein's private island, and his legal team insists he's always been willing to cooperate with the investigation. Epstein took his own life last summer while awaiting trial on child sex abuse charges. Tonight, flood alerts stretch from the Gulf of Mexico almost up to the Great Lakes as the remnants of Tropical Storm Cristobal push north. The storm made landfall in Louisiana Sunday. Heavy rain and a storm surge flooded homes and businesses there and Mississippi. Some areas could get more than a foot of rain. Floods and tornadoes are possible as the storm moves into the Midwest tomorrow. There has been a remarkable transformation in Washington, D.C. The scene of violent clashes between protesters and police one week ago has become a place of healing. Here's CBS's Nicole Killian. In the shadow of monuments, a new memorial has sprung up in the nation's capital. Barricades set up to shield the White House are now covered with signs of protest and messages of hope. I thought it was really important that they see this for themselves. We've been talking about it a lot at home. Anat Shahar brought her two children, 10-year-old Lila and 12-year-old Adam, who wanted to read us his sign. Work together, black and white. We'll work together till we end the fight. America's falling into the abyss. 
It's hit or miss, it's hit or miss. We'll make sure our voice is heard from every last hand to every last bird. I love you, sweetie. Constance Green overheard him and was brought to tears. Hearing him, just out of the blue, read his sign that he wrote. It's just, it, uh, I don't know. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. I don't know how I expected to feel when I came down here, but it's just, things just have to change. This is making a difference. It is. A desire to change and overcome someday. Nicole Killian, CBS News, Washington. Tomorrow, CBS News will have special coverage of George Floyd's funeral beginning at noon Eastern, and we'll have a full wrap-up tomorrow night on the CBS Evening News from here again in Houston. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell reporting tonight from Houston. We hope to see you right back here tomorrow. Stay safe and good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.